Are you waiting for everything to be perfect before you decide to enjoy life? Stop waiting. Start living. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes with Scott and Becky McIntosh, where you will hear inspiring stories from imperfect people living life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love, despite challenging circumstances to bring hope to your heart and a smile to your face in only 22 minutes. Now, let's welcome the host of the show, Scott and Becky McIntosh. Welcome to Life in 22 Minutes. Scott is sitting here by my side today. We're really excited to introduce you to our special guest today. She's a friend of ours. Her name is Chris Barney. And Chris is the author of the book, The Basics, Seven Traits to Change Your Life and Your World. She is a seasoned keynote speaker, trainer, and coach. Chris believes that significant change begins with you and is developed from the inside out. Chris is married to the love of her life, Bill Barney, for over 43 years. She is the mother to four amazing children, two daughters-in-laws, a son-in-law and grandmother to a phenomenal granddaughter and grandson. She values her family time and loves creating memories that bind. And she has a TV channel called All Things Possible TV that has been downloaded over 180,000 times. Wow. Well, let's uh, just dive in and get started. Welcome, Chris. Thank you. I am thrilled to be here with you today and be able to share some of my story and, and have a fun conversation. Absolutely. Um, Chris, I know that you have, you have been through a lot of really hard things, some, some big challenges in your life. How has that shaped who you are today? Well, that's really where my story starts is when I went through so many really difficult challenges. I have had challenges all through my life. And for a lot of people, they weren't significant challenges. But then when I hit a point in my, in my marriage where, you know, my son had cancer, my brother committed suicide, I had five deaths in two years, and we had all this turmoil. You know, we had to sell our house and live on property in a fiscal trailer while we build a house because we had 80000 owed in medical bills. <laughs> and yeah. there were just so many things that happened that I had to do things different. In fact, probably the best story I can tell you is when we were going through cancer, my oldest child was nine. He was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And we spent 180 nights in primary children's hospital in 11 months. And that wasn't just the doctor visits. That was overnight. And that was a horrific challenge and trial in itself because I still had three other little kids at home. My youngest was 11 months when he was diagnosed. So she was just a baby. And we had to really shift how we did things. But what really made me start to recognize that life needed to be different was when my son was having a tough time going to the hospital. He never said, why me? He never went into the pity and the victimhood. He he just, you could see that it was just a challenge for him to stay motivated to miss school and not play sports and not be involved with life. So on the way to the hospital this particular day, I knew I had to do something different. I had to change how that looked to every week be back to that hospital and and to be going through what he was going through, not only surgery, but chemo and radiation and all of the difficulties and challenges that he was faced with. So on the way in, I said, okay, this time we're going to do it different. When we get there, we're going to go to the gift shop and we are going to buy a balloon. And we are going to go door to door and visit the other patients so that we can find the person that that balloon belongs to. And he was almost 10 years old and he was like, that's stupid. I don't want to do that. That's lame. And I just said, we're just going to try it. 
So we did. We got to the hospital. We went in and bought a balloon and I let him pick out the balloon. And that particular time, he picked a pink congratulations balloon. Now for a boy that's almost 10, that was him being, you know, defiant and he was going to be all that, right? But we did get that pink congratulations balloon. And what that meant is that we were going to do a lot of visits. We were going to see a lot of girls, right? (laughs) And what happened is, you know, we found kids that would never leave the hospital alive. We found kids that had it so much worse than we did. It helped us be able to take our focus off of ourselves and put it on what we could do for someone else. And that really was a big shift for us. I speak all the time. And one of the things I talk about is this Mylar balloon. What's your Mylar balloon? How are you being different? How are you taking your focus off of yourself and creating a way for you to you know, reach out to others, to change lives, to make that simple little difference for somebody else. You know, a Mylar balloon and a Beanie Baby seemed like, you know, for us at the time financially, you know, we ended that 11 months owing 80000 out of our own pocket. That was a big expense for us at the time, right? That was a big, huge thing to spend 10 bucks on a balloon and a Beanie Baby, right? And yet it was the small little contribution that we could make and do it different. I mean, it became a game. We ordered in special Mylar balloons. And because we did that, everything changed for us. Like instead of going to the hospital, I mean, primary children's at the time had two chairs that would fall down to a bed for each floor. So if you were a parent staying at the hospital at night, chances were you were sitting in an upright wooden rocking chair, like a $100 rocking chair. It wasn't fancy. It wasn't, uh-huh. wasn't awesome. Most of them didn't have an ottoman. And I got to the point where we started doing this and we changed our focus and I automatically got the chair that folded down without asking. I automatically got the nurses that were his favorite. We were put in what we called our corner suite. It had the best view. It had a little bit bigger room. It was back off in the corner. So the lights weren't in our eyes. We didn't have to hear the overhead speaker all night you know, we had less interruptions. And it just was interesting to watch how everything else about our stay and our care changed because we changed our focus. And that really was the beginning of recognizing how things had to be different, how I could simply change little things and make it a game, make it something that we looked forward to. And it changed everything about our care. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So what? philosopher Wayne Dyer said is true. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. That, that's a tough time in life to have a nine-year-old, almost 10, uh, going through cancer and, and going up to the hospital every day and being around all of that, which can be very negative and you turn it into a positive. But what was the diagnosis? Was there any numbers involved of percentages of what your chances were of survival? Do you know, even before surgery, we had less than a 50% chance of him actually surviving the surgery. So that was huge. Um, during the treatment, and once he had survived surgery and we were doing chemo and radiation, they actually gave him toxic doses of radiation, which, you know, accidents happen, things happen, but it killed all the muscles in his legs. We were told he would never walk. He was wearing leg braces. I mean, at the time when he started into cancer, he was supposed to be about 6'6", if not taller. So my twin brother was 6'4", and so he had the genetics to actually be very tall. And so at nine years old, he was 5'2", 5'3", and wore a size 
nine man shoe wow. in third grade. I mean, he wow. was huge. And so he was about 125 pounds. Well, he lost 68 pounds and weighed 67 pounds in the middle of our chemotherapy and, and our treatment during that time. But he lost the use of his legs. The chemotherapy poisoned the muscles in his legs. So he had leg braces on and he literally had to be carried. He could hardly walk like down a hall. And so to watch him, you know, move through his own life and stay so positive and was such an example for everyone else. And yet I was piggybacking him. I could actually push him in a little umbrella stroller for a baby. He just had long legs and had to put his feet on a little bar. But like we would get to the hospital and there wouldn't be wheelchairs to take him in. So I piggyback him everywhere we went because he was big, but he couldn't walk. And, and it was quite a sight to see because during that same year, we also had my daughter that was a baby, her skull didn't grow. And so we went through skull reconstruction surgery and she couldn't be set down for almost four months. So I would have her in a front pack, him piggybacking. He'd have a backpack on his back with some of our stuff. And I'd have a backpack over one of my arms as we would head into the hospital. And then this how it happened, you know, two and three times a week. It wasn't just like once a week that this happened or once a month. It was, it was a couple times a week that we would trudge into the hospital to spend the night or we'd be back because his counts were too low and he'd be in quarantine. Or, I mean, there was just stuff that happened. And as we went and did this, you know, people would watch and be like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> this, is, this is a bad situation, right? And for us, we finally just got to a system where this is what it was. And our focus was go to the hospital and find this balloon and find where we could do things differently, even when he couldn't walk and he, you know, he had such a hard time. Fast forward that to when he was 25. So he completed treatment, did really well. And it took us three to five hours a day, bouncing on a trampoline and walking up the hill and working together to get his use of his legs back and to be able to work those muscles through and stuff during his treatment and his recovery but he was willing to do it. But fast forward to 25. So at 25, he was in a motorcycle accident um, playing down at the sand dunes and broke his back over Labor Day in 2011. And by December, we had found he had a brain tumor again. And he then had that same brain tumor grew back three times in five months. He had three brain tumor surgeries, radiation again, and lost hearing, lost the sight in one eye, and you wouldn't know it. You would not know that he had any of these disabilities or any of these major things. And if you look at his life, I, I've had to stand back and learn from my children, and I think all of us can do some of that, but I had to stand back and really say, wow, look at how he is doing life differently. Look at how he is you know, fighting for his life, but being an example to everyone. In fact, during that time, and he had gotten, the brain tumor had grown back and there was these challenges. I'm on Facebook going, you know, send us prayers. We found brain tumors back. We're back in for surgery, blah, blah, blah. Wow, 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 right? And a few minutes later, I see this post pop up from him and it says, I'm so grateful for the opportunity that I have to get to know my Savior better as I face this challenge and as I work my way through this. And I just was so taken back to like, where is my focus? 
Like, what is going on? Why am I not, you know, the powerful leader here for him, right? Instead <laughs> of the whining mother. <laughs> wow. And it, it just is that thing that, you know, sets your focus to be different. You know, it sets your focus on how can you be the change? How can you create significant change and know that it begins with you and be willing to take those steps? Amazing. And we know your son and he is an incredible, incredible young man. So all these things... Just that- recently married, right? Yes, just got married in August. So yeah, we're thrilled with that. We love her and, and she's a great fit in the family. So good things are happening. That's <laughs> oh, wonderful. wonderful. So all the, these things have, have led to the title of what you do, All Things Possible, because you have literally learned your trials and challenges that all things are possible. Right, and that's the name of my business. And I really believe that all things are possible for everyone and that we really get to take a good look at where we're at and be willing to make those significant changes. And they don't have to be huge. In fact, my book, The Seven Traits to Change Your Life and Your World, it's the seven traits that I really learned in going through the challenges that I've been through. Another challenge that really changed my life was my twin brother's suicide. He was at the time, 33 years old, you know, father of four and a husband and, and yet took his life. And that was such a challenge for me and such a huge piece of how, you know, I went into a severe depression. I, you know, in following that up, I really had a tough time. I myself had those moments of like, is this worth it? Is life worth living? And yet my choice in how to make that different was many years later, taking in his 15-year-old son. He was extreme Asperger's and had been kicked out of basically every school in Utah County. Wow. Came to me as a troubled teenager with a police record. And yet we took him in for a couple of years and really changed his life. And he changed ours. And it was when I had him here and I started studying his disability and his Asperger's and, and realizing how to help him and that I really recognized that I was good at that. I was good at being able to pinpoint and say, what if you did this? Or what if you did that? And how about if you looked at it like this? And when I look back and go, that was such a significant shift in my, where am I headed? What am I about? What, why am I here? And, and it really created that all things possible mentality of how can I do this different? How can I be a change? How can I assist others? And what can I do differently? And how can I look at life differently? How can I be unconditional love for others? And I know you guys are big on unconditional love and have made tremendous differences and impact on, on all of the world. And I love what you're about. Thank you. We have a little bit of, you know, a few things in common in some areas of our lives. Um, but some of the thing that keeps coming back to me is the fact that you were in that hospital um, in the beginning um, trying to do good for others, and and the reality is you didn't know the outcome that you were facing. You you had no idea. You hadn't been given this like, oh, you know what? There's a crystal ball, and you guys are going to be fine. So while you're here, if you want to just make things more comfortable, you ought to be nice to other people. You know, you just went in there with not knowing, a, having a clue of how this was going to turn out, but yet you still reached out to others. Right, and and I have to say that while we were there. We learned 
to look at other people. They had it so much worse off than we did. One of the ones that really stood out for us was a little boy that was seven. And he had cancer also. They were from out of state. And he had to spend about 21 days a month there. And it was a consistent three-week stretch. And his parents could only fly in for one extended weekend in the middle. And we got to where we you know, we visited him every week and we visited with him and played games with him and taught him Nintendo games and, and spent a lot of time with him. But the thing that really solidified that for me is I got to spend every minute with my son in the hospital. I got to be able to be there. I mean, yeah, it required, you know, we had babysitters that had to put their time on a calendar and I had to cut him a check at the end of the week. Like there were a lot of, you know, there was a lot of help with family and a lot of things that way. But we had our own set of circumstances and our own difficulties, but when we quit focusing on ourselves and when we could, could take that focus and place it somewhere else, we were able to see like this little boy that was seven, that we could make this huge, huge shift for him. And it made our time go faster. Like it made our time in the hospital seem like it was just whizzing by. And then we were headed home, you know, instead of dragging out and, and you quit focusing on, you know, how many times did you throw up and how many IVs did, you know, blocked and had to start over. And how many times did they have to come in the night and get you? And how many times were we in quarantine? Those things didn't matter when we could go see this little boy that was seven. We could go have an impact and be a difference. Yeah. And all the other people that you got to know in this little quest um, that didn't that didn't have the same outcome that you did. Uh, that's tough on a little 10-year-old kid to see people that he's become friends with now and exiting this life. Right. Well, and if you look at the statistics, according to what I have figured, there were 10 that were basically his age, boys and girls, with a similar cancer. So brain tumors and a similar cancer. There's only two of those still alive. And when you go, okay, we've made leaps and bounds of differences in in cancers and chemotherapies and, and treatment, we've made leaps and bounds and so many more are saved. And it's it's way different now. He's now 30, you know, so 20 years later, we do have even a better chance right now. But, but to think of, you know, some of them died of a different cancer later, you know, down the road and some of them never made out of the hospital. But when you start to go, he was one of two that we know are still alive and doing well and that are not back with cancer again. You know, what were the odds and how lucky were we? How blessed were we to be one of the ones that still have our child here? It just puts things in a different perspective, doesn't it? Yes, it does. You have these seven traits or or principles that you teach others who who may be going through hard things and challenges or or trying to figure out how to put things in perspective. Um, Just as we are rounding out our life in 22 minutes, what are a couple that you want to share that people could implement that would, would help today make, make their day better? You know, there's, there's two or three that, regardless of the situation, they always stand out for me. And the, bit, the first one is sincere service. You know, really trusting in sincere service. I obviously teach, you know, what's simple service versus sincere service. And, and all of that is in my book. And I do have a $5 off there, there was a link for you guys to share so you could, they can get my book for $9.99. But um, I wanted to be able to share that simple service is one of them. Genuine gratitude is the other being grateful for what you do have, not what you don't have, like really finding a different space for gratitude and 
And the other one that goes really hand in hand with those two is having courageous confidence. You know, when we start going through hard things or we start feeling depressed and we start feeling frustrated or overwhelmed, we go into self-sabotage and we go into not loving ourselves the way we need to and not having the confidence that it takes to do life differently, to come from a different perspective, to change your focus from on yourself to others. And, and those three are three of the ones that I teach, three of the seven. And, and they have, you know, significant purpose individually as well as together. Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. And if you want to, to purchase Chris's book, she mentioned you could go to her website at www.chrisbarney.com. Yes, and you can go to our show notes and there will be a link that you can click on to get that $5 off her, her book, The Basics, Seven Traits to Change Your Life and Your World. So thank you very much, Chris. It's a pleasure knowing you and uh, glad we've become friends over the years. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor to be with you today. All right. Thanks, everybody. Go out there and, uh, and live the wonderful life of positivity and, uh, and see it change. So thank you for joining us today. Thanks for listening to Life in 22 Minutes. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends about us and please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review. Your review will help us to broaden our audience. Until next time, don't wait for things to be perfect. Get out there and live life with courage, humor, and a whole lot of love.